Top Shelf Fantasy. All right, week four is in the books. Top Shelf Fantasy here, podcast number 268, October 4th, 2023. We got our buy low, sell high, hold and fold them. Quit playing with my emotions, and then, of course, some injuries, news, and some notes. Uh, I'm joined today with Corey Dows. How's it going, Corey? Oh, you know, fantasy season's in full swing. I'm already out of survivor pool. Some of my teams are absolute dog water, so... It's going yeah, as it always it. goes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I lost I'd... week three, Cowboys. Oh, damn, Cardinals. Yeah, shit. Yep. Was there a lot, a lot of teams? Yeah, 40, 43, I think, is yeah. the, the, title, the total. Um, sucks. Kara's still in it, which sucks even more for me. The girlfriend's still in while I'm out, so I have to still deal with making picks every week. That whatever. It's super yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she gets all the money. Yep. And I said, I told everybody that I wanted to pick the Patriots that week when they were against the Jets. And they were like, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And you know what? Listen to your gut. Don't follow. And don't follow. looking back to if there was a week to pick them, it was, yep. it was that week. Because <laughs> exactly. I don't know if they're going to win anything else. Gonna win anything. No, they look bad. Yeah, but yeah, uh, fantasy though. Fa- but, you know, fantasy is a little bit better. A couple leagues that I'm doing decent in. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Well, long yeah, season yeah. left. A lot of changes can still happen. A lot of injuries. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, half and half like the dynasty leagues i want to win i'm 0 and 4 the leagues i want to tank in and get a pick i'm like three and one i don't know i don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's happening <laughs> yeah I, dude seriously like the our our dynasty the red dog league um i'm trying to tank i mean i'm successfully tanking i'm one and one and three but like my team's doing better than it has in, in past seasons like i'm scoring more points than i have in, in when i was actually trying so uh it's weird I'm not even in bottom four right now, which is a huge problem. If That's me. Yeah, you, Tom, and uh, Canning are all somehow losing more games yeah. than me. But Three teams on paper to, that, yeah, that, you that have should to be me. like top six. <laughs> you all have <laughs> to play me at some point, so you'll get some wins. Um, I don't know. I can barely score 60 points a week. This fucking yeah. roster. That's a problem, so step yeah. it up. All right, well, let's get right into it. Um, a few pretty big injuries to um, end of week four. T. Higgins with... Um, a rib injury. It sounds like he's definitely going to miss at least week one. I think they said he's week to week. So we'll see about that. I mean, yeah, normally you would probably just say, oh, great for Tyler Boyd. And, you know, even the uh, the tight ends there, you'd say, okay, probably a bump for them. But in this Bengal offense this year, it's like, I don't know who else I trust. I barely trust Jamar Chase. So, yeah, um, it's funny because like I doing waivers last night, I was like, oh, Tyler Boyd it makes so much sense. I'm like, Wait, I can't do it. And then waivers cleared, and he wasn't. It's either he wasn't even grabbed, or it was zero dollar fab. Like yep. for the wide receiver two on the Bengals offense, saw me up all day before the season started. Now it's like, eh, I don't, I don't want to risk that. Yeah, last year he, he would have had you know twelve dollar to probably like eighteen dollar bids, um, you know, just for one week, knowing that T Higgins is down. Mm-hmm. And this this year, it's so far the opposite. I mean, whether it's Joe Burrow's calf or. Uh, teams wisening up to their to their scheme. I don't know, but it's a problem. So keep that in mind as you pick up Bengals. Yep. Uh, Pat Firemuth has a hamstring. He's considered week to week. Um, he hasn't been doing much anyways. Pittsburgh Steelers as a team have not been doing much. So it's not like, oh, no, I lost my tight end. Um, now it's just yeah. it, now it's easy for you to drop him. Like you, you should drop him regardless. Now it's just an easier thing to do 
Yeah, and I probably would not be scrambling to go get Darnell Washington. Um, he's a guy oh, probably God, no. I yeah. would I would check off on my like star him so he stays in your favorites just in case. But like if he goes and has a huge game this week, then maybe. maybe but yeah. as soon as Firemuth is back, it's going to be his role again. Um, Washington has not done anything to this point, so I, I don't think there's any reason to be freaking out and and, and you know overreacting. Pickett is going to play this week, he said, um, which is you know positive news. Uh, as he continues to to heal up, but I, yeah, without a tight end, already down Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, and Jalen Warren are are both kind of, I don't even want to say hit or miss. They're mostly missed right now. Uh, Pickens has been down. It, it's just a tough offense. I'm not sure I want to buy any pieces of it. So, um, yeah, monitor Firemuth. He's probably the only viable fantasy starter that you'll have, and he even even he is is just not good right now. Yeah, he's he's a streaming option. Yeah, that's it. Um, Mike Evans goes down with a hammy. I know he tried to play through it. Didn't work. Um, too bad. He's coming off a tremendous start of the season. Um, luckily, they have a week five bye. So if there's a week for his hammy to kind of flare up, it's this week. Have two weeks to rest it. And hopefully by week six, he's back on the field. Yeah. Um, if not, Godwin is definitely next man up. Also, Devin Tompkins has looked good. As soon as uh, Evans went down, he seemed to be the guy that filled that role. Got the touchdown. Uh, yeah, obviously yeah. no Russell Gage with him being on IR, and the running backs haven't been catching balls out of the backfield over in Tampa. So, um, yeah, hopefully Mike Evans gets back quickly. I, he's, I feel like he's had hammy issues in the in the past, and he's always bounced back within a, like a couple weeks. It's never been a long-term thing for him, so mm-hmm. fingers crossed he has more uh, success in his in his recovery quickly. Yeah, there's a player that knows how to recover quickly from Hamies. It's Mike Evans. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, then Javonta Williams missed most of the game with a quad injury. Um, yeah. So it was, a, yeah, you, you can take that one. It was a weird one. So they immediately banged him out for a hip flexor injury. That's what the reports were um, straight out of the gate. And then today they came out and they said, uh, no, he's going to miss, likely going to miss next game with a quad injury. Uh, but he did practice limited fashion today. So, I'm getting con- conflicting reports about what the injury is, which leads me to believe we're being misled in some way, shape, or form. It's also the Denver Broncos led by Sean Payton, who has a history of manipulating the injury report. So um, I guess just monitor it. If he's active, you're you're starting him probably, especially where you drafted him. You need him to perform. If he's inactive, you're definitely looking at Jaleel McLaughlin. After last week, he was heavily involved. Uh, I would also not shut the door on Samaj P. Ryan yet. I don't know that he's necessarily startable with what you've seen him produce, but with a full week of practice, he could potentially fill that role. Um, you know, Julio McLaughlin might've just been the, the stop gap for the active game that they were in. I don't know. Um, it's a tricky one. You're just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping that Williams plays because he's the safest option in yeah, a bad it, offense. It was tricky to do waivers um, with the Denver backfield. Cause it's like, I want to spend like 20, 25 bucks on, this guy, but I mean, if Williams does play this 25 bucks, you kind of washed away. Like, because yeah. at that point, it's oh, he might play. Like, shit, like, do I, do I spend it? Do I not? But I mean, it's the first week of bye week, so you might be forced to even start a guy like Piran in your flex, and he's probably cheaper to get than M- McLaughlin. Yeah, I had a league I was mentioning to you before. Uh, Piran was already owned, McLaughlin wasn't. I hadn't spent any money on Fab yet, so I just I have Williams, uh, Javante Williams on my mm-hmm. team. And I needed a running back. I don't need a wide receiver. I have enough wide receivers. I need a running back to start in that position this week. So I put 45 on McLaughlin just out of desperation. You know, guaranteed guy to be in my starting lineup. I won't have to start an invalid lineup. So 
I probably won't win anyways. That's my own four league. So yeah, it sucks. I, <laughs> I, I have a uh, Javante in Scott Fishbowl. Oh, and McGoffins, of course, already owned because the rosters are so deep. So this yeah. week it's I'm starting. I don't know. Maybe Elijah Mitchell plays. If not, it's Ooh. CH, baby. It's CH. <laughs> You'll start CH. Because <laughs> like my other guy is Charbonnet, but the Seahawks are running by. He's not, not doing anything anyways. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you could pray for a dark throw. Or something, yeah, but yeah. Jesus Christ. It's it's bad. But I'm I'm in second place in points in that league. Top, that. top that. 10% in total points. Not Hell all yeah. spot fishbowl. Love that. And this week is going to go down drastically with all these injuries <laughs> in bye week. So it was fun while it lasted. All right. Um, do you want to start with the uh, news? Yeah. Um, little updates on a few different players around the league. So Saquon Barkley is limited in practice Wednesday. It looks like he had a shot to play last week. He said, "No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to risk it." Uh, but he's practicing, which is good to see. And you know, hopefully, this is his week. Obviously, that Giants offense has struggled without him. So if he can make it back, that's definitely going to be a big boost for them. Um, you know, Matt Breed honestly has played well. He's been a startable flex player in in the interim, but everybody wants Saquon back. Yeah, there's no one that can run between the tackles, and Brightwell and is not not doing anything yeah. to even. He's just going backwards. All he's doing is picking up flags on special teams. Like I, I watched him take two horrible yeah, flags that past game. Was that the one where it was the after the play unnecessary yes. roughness or something like that? Like, dude, like, and it was like a good return too. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing, man? Like, on an offense, it was can't so unnecessary. Yeah, but um, um, all right, we spent way too much time on Brightwell. Yeah. Another guy who we can spend way too much time on, Chase Claypool, is just completely on the outs in this Chicago. This is hilarious. They, yeah, they, he, spent, they spent the first pick of the second round on this guy. Yeah, they and, traded And now they won't even get the sixth or seventh, which is, and it sounds like they're going to just cut them, and teams know that. Yep. So why even send a sixth round pick for this guy when he's, he can go on waivers? Yeah, he, You get him then, or he clears it, and you sign him for a... Well, that's exactly it. So if he hits waivers... And you really wanted him for some reason, or you think he's going to hit waivers, and you have a low priority pick. Sure, you toss a seventh at him just to secure it, make sure you get him. But that's it. That's his whole value. I mean, he was not playing hard on the field. They had those video montages of him, like essentially refusing to block. Um, which he's not involved in the offense, which hurt their place. Like right, exactly. You, you would Herbert getting tackled behind the line, not behind the line, but like uh, yeah, on a sweep because he just doesn't block. And if he blocked, then you know it's six. To- six to eight yard gain it's yeah and it's not a coincidence that they sat chase clifford down and they had their best game of the year i mean they also played denver who was terrible and still managed to blow it but they looked better and and you know that's all you can do is steps in the right direction so you get rid of chase claypool who we've known we've known him to be a locker room cancer i mean even from his time with the steelers he was not well received there for a lot of his antics uh this also just shows again why mike tomlin is a great coach. Yeah. He can deal with these guys. He didn't really hear about it too much until now. Yep. Honestly. Keeps um, it under wraps. We know the talent is there. It's through the roof. If you're not blocking or trying, talent means nothing. Right. If you're six four, six five and you run a four four, you should be in the NFL and you should be contributing. But if you're not going to try and give effort, coaches see that and the coaches don't care. You know, Doriel Green Beckham didn't last long <laughs> you, in the NFL. Just gonna say Doriel Green Beckham. <laughs> Same kind of player, man. Yeah, like because he won't put in freak athlete. Yep. Yep. God, what a uh, waste of talent. All right. Who was the uh, Justin Blackman? That's the other one. But well, he I mean, he, he was an alcoholic. <laughs> I mean, he, he was like what is for that year. And then yeah. he got banned from the NFL. Yep. Oh, great. What if podcast yeah. we could do? We should do a whole what if podcast. What if he didn't drink alcohol? 
<laughs> what if Josh Gordon didn't smoke weed or take illegal oh. substances? All right. Um, Brees Hall is no longer on a snap count, according to um, the Jets. Robert Sala said that. Um, great, I guess, if he's getting, you know, 20 carries a game. But the Jets as a whole, it's pretty abysmal right now. I mean, they did they played pretty good against the Chiefs last week. I'll give them that. Um, but maybe if it's Hall, only Hall, you know, he goes back to his RB1 role. I don't know if that really happens, but high RB2, I think it's RB30-something like right now. Yeah, so like I wasn't really aware that he was even on a snap count just because the Jets as a team have run the ball like 10 times a game. So it doesn't – like it's like, I okay, mean, four carries for Brees Hall, yeah, three he, carries for Dalvin Cook. Cool. He had six <laughs> six carries last week, but like the snap percentages had gone, you know, 31, 34, 49, 44. Yeah, if, and, you, get, and I, if you get up that to 60, 65, all right, that's, that's – a game changer. Well, and I totally get like you don't want Brees Hall in there in pass protection. Why? Because why bother? Dalvin Cook can do pass pro. Uh, That's Michael Carter can do cars pass in pro. There. Yeah. Yep. Like let him eat the fucking linebacker running at 100 miles an hour directly at him. Like Brees Hall doesn't need to do that on a on a rebuilt knee. So uh, I totally get that from that perspective. But if we're talking about just carries and touches, like he needs way more to contribute. We saw it last year. He's a volume guy. He gets going. He wears down a defense. That's what he does. Um, but the Jets aren't in a position to do that in most games when they're playing from behind. So it's great that he's not on a snap count. I don't know that it matters for his uh, short-term value, at least in fantasy, because I don't think that his snap count is what has limited his upside is the game flow that the Jets see every single game. So um, I suppose we will see. Yep. Uh, the Rams open a 21-day window for Cooper Cup to return. Yeah, it doesn't been, look like he's been... going to be back this week. Um, yeah, from from what I've seen, which makes sense. They're not going to rush him back. Um, they'll wait till he's fully healthy. He wants to wait till he's fully healthy. He doesn't want to deal with this. Deal with this again, I'm sure. Um, but he also knows the day he comes back, he's going right back to his role. You know, the second that he's activated, he should be in your starting lineup. He's probably good for ten targets. He'll probably have a great day because Matt Stafford loves him. They're on the same page. Um, I would. I wouldn't expect him back this week. I'd say probably realistically next week, week six is the earliest you'd expect him. Um, he might even wait the whole the whole way. I don't know if they have a bye week coming up, so I should check their bye week scheduling Not until week ten. Okay, so he'll be back week six or seven. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, my guess. I mean, if he's not, if he's, I mean, they play Philly this week, so if he's ready, he would go. If he's not going, like he's definitely not ready. That's a team where. You want him out there. Like you want to get that win. Yeah. Uh, you know, conference uh conference matchup is always important. You want to make sure you have it. But yeah, like you said, if he's not if he's good to go, he'll be out there. I just I don't know that he's quite there yet. Yeah. But um, what are uh, the Rams? They're two and one or are they one and two? They're two and two. two. Yeah, that's right. They played four games, so but then they get Arizona and Steelers week six and seven. Nice, nice yeah. cushy <laughs> matchups there to get him right back to where he needs to be. Gotta yeah, you. It. He might want to hang out for the Eagles game and come back to a big. Yeah, like, do I want to go after against Slay? Yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll just uh, sit down for a week. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jamison Williams uh, able to return in Week Five. They oh, they just played on Thursday, so they they won't play till Sunday, but uh, or even Monday for that matter. But uh, I mean, that's going to be great. You know, Jared Goff started the season hot. He's kind of cooled down ever so slightly, but you you could definitely see that another weapon like Jamison Williams alongside Amon Ra and uh, even Sam Laporta, who's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely use some help in the passing game. 
flip side, the running game has been awesome. So if, if Jameis Williams stands to open up more space for David Montgomery to gash defenses for three touchdowns, then good for him because he's been running wild as it is. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Wouldn't start him week five at all. Um, wait and see yeah. kind of guy. Definitely wait and see for me. I think I do in my heart of hearts believe he'll come in quickly with an impact, but I'd like to see it first before I'm yeah, taking did, somebody out of that I did lineup. spend 20 bucks on Fab on him. So <laughs> nice. not starting this yeah. week, of course. But uh, in Patriots news, uh, JC Jackson is traded back to the Patriots for a bag of chips. Seriously. Um, this is the because Christian Gonzalez is out for the season. So. Yeah, torn labrum is tough. Um, you know, we've seen it happen. You've seen guys try to play through it and struggle. I think Mike Williams played through it a couple of years back. Uh, but Mike Williams has always been hurt, so he's used to playing through stuff. But uh, Gonzo, tough to see him go. He's probably, it's early in the season, but he was probably on pace to at least get votes for uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. He looked that good against some elite uh, wide receivers that he faced up against. So, sucks to see him go. J.C. Jackson comes back after an abysmal showing for his duration in uh, in L.A. So, he has something to prove back here in New England, and he'll be top dog until the Patriots get back any of the Joneses, um, Marcus, Jack, and Jonathan, the top dogs. Uh, short term, at least we don't have to see Miles Bryant and Sean Wade as much. I'm sure we'll see plenty of them, though, still. And unfortunately, you no, know, honestly, who even knows what this means for the Patriots defense? I don't think he's going to make them much different on paper. And I don't think it even really matters because it's the Patriots offense that's slowing them down from, you know, or preventing them from winning any games. So, yeah, plus. Um, uh, Judon's out for yeah, gone for the season. Uh, is he for torn, the season too? Yeah, torn bicep tendon. Is, I, I mean, it's gonna at least be most of the season. I don't know. Maybe if they made playoffs, he'd have a shot to come back. Right. They make yeah. Playoffs. So no, they're not. Yeah. Um. Who knows? Wait. Wait. Wait and see. See if JC Jackson returns to form. Though they have him on a non-guaranteed deal the rest of his, the you know 24, 2024, 2025, and twenty twenty six. So I'm sure he'd be a restructure or a cut and re-sign type guy if he can, you know, show even a semblance of what he was before in New England. And flip side, if he looks like he looked like in L.A. all this time, it's only a million and a half bucks guaranteed. So that's really a low risk for an NFL franchise for one year. Sure is. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was able to practice uh, practice this week. Um, great for JT owners that is out there. Not great is that he still doesn't want to play for the Colts. Um, I don't been hearing a lot of wishy-washy stories, but I mean, he still, he's still coming out and say, he's like, I, he did, I, he, I don't want to touch the field in Indy. Yeah. He doesn't want to play and they don't want to pay him. So for the time being, they're at an impasse and he seems to, uh, the stories I've heard is that the ankle was hurt, but not so hurt that he would have sat out were it last year or the year before. This year, wanting a contract, he decides to sit out. So he's clearly put his money where his mouth is, or maybe his mouth where his money should be. And he's saying, I'm not going to play until I get a better, a bigger contract. And he's not going to pay him. So where does that leave us? We kind of ran this through um, in, in our group chat earlier today. Just I don't know where the suitors are. I know we all tossed a, a few different teams out, but I more or less said every single one isn't viable. So um I don't know where he goes. I don't know who the trade partner is. I know Miami and Green Bay were the ones that were floated around before, but Indy wanted Waddle or Christian Watson, both of whom are not getting traded from their current teams. So now we're talking pick compensation or good fit. Like, I don't know who's going to pay to bring in a guy who nobody wants to pay. Like, who's going to trade any asset, picks or players or otherwise, 
for a guy who wants a contract, but you don't intend to give him. So he's a one-year rental and you're going to give up huge assets for him. No NFL teams don't do that. They're too smart. So I don't know. I mean, we could, I don't think we never see him play football again. I don't think it's that drastic, but it could happen. There's, there is a, a world where it happens. You know, if there's a million alternate realities, that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, just a, just a, something I don't want to be part of. Yeah, I mean, a guy who's a great talent. No leagues, but so I I have him in my dynasty league last year, startup draft, auction draft, three hundred dollar budget, but spent ninety five bucks on him. So I'll be a little pissed if he doesn't (laughs) ever play again. I also have Eckler, so you see my running around. My running background was great. Two two pissed off backs. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. So I I just don't know if he. I think there's a world where he has to come back and play and perform well in order to even start the conversation about a trade like but at the same time he won't do that because he doesn't want to get hurt and then lose any leverage it's it's a kind of a catch-22 it's just a, a double-edged sword whatever you want to say it's just there's no reconciliation coming from any side until one person gives some ground whether that's jt playing or the indie uh the colts trading him it's not going to come from some savior team on the outside saying, yeah, of course, we're going to give you all this money and trade the first-round picks for you and give you these players. And uh, you know, and then also screw the current running back situation we have. We'll completely mess up the locker room mm-hmm. and bring you in. Like, it's, you're kind of late in the NFL season for that. Yeah. Who the hell knows? We'll see. Um, it's going to be a big topic for the next probably a few days. Until he gets Until on the Sunday. field. You yeah. know? <laughs> and just a side note, uh, the Bucks, Chargers, Seahawks, and Browns have a bye this week. Yeah, if you haven't logged into your fantasy team yet and noticed that half your players are I'm out, still working. No, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm owing four. And these guys run by. Like, oh fuck. I'm like, how is my projection forty six points? Like, oh, okay, nice. Crazy. I changed all my players out, and I'm like, nice. My projection seventy seven points. <laughs> it's, it's still not over hundred. Okay, still sucks. All right. Um, just a quick recap of the week four top talents: quarterback Josh Allen with thirty six point five points, three hundred and twenty. Passing yards, four touchdowns, another rushing touchdown, and is that a perfect passing rating? Yeah, one fifty eight point three. That's why I tossed it in there. I thought that was an interesting little stat. Uh the he had a. I mean, for the guy that hasn't looked terrible, but not great. Like he's been not the Josh Allen we'd like to see. Week four is just all right. There he is. That's yeah. Is. That's Josh. And then of course we'll get to um. His teammate when we get to the wide receivers, but great, yeah. great game. It was great to see him do it against Miami too. I didn't realize that him and Christian Wilkins have like a feud dating all the way back to college. So um, I guess they like to jaw at each other the whole game, and he clearly got the uh, you know got the better of the two in this one. Yeah, they killed him. Running back CMC forty five point two points, one hundred and six rushing yards, three touchdowns. Seven receptions, 71 receiving yards, one touchdown. So four touchdown game. He has just been like, if he's not getting you at least 20 points a week, you're, you're probably pissed off. <laughs> yeah. E- even 20, like folks of 30. Like he's, he's just been such a cheat code. Yeah. He's been nasty. He tied Jerry Rice's record for 13 consecutive games with a touchdown, which is awesome. Uh, next week, he probably aims to break that. And for, you know, all intents and purposes, I assume he does. Unless he pulls one of those like class act, I'm doing air quotes for you guys that can't see me at all. Class act things where he like goes down at the one every time and then let somebody else punch it in. Elijah Mitchell, I, I need him. I need him this week. A lot of buy. Kyle, Kyle Uzcheck, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it's his probably 
better bet. Um, got him in, I have him in best ball, so I could, I'd love for him to contribute <laughs> just one week. Wide receivers, A.J. Brown, 34 points. Stefan Diggs, of course, to Josh Allen, 33 points. And Nico Collins staying hot with 32.3 points. Love to see it. Love to see him and Stroud. That, that Houston team is just fun to watch now. Yeah, I mean, Stroud's been... I would argue the best of the rookie quarterback so far in, in that class. Um, mm-hmm. You could argue Anthony Richardson, I think, but I would take Stroud right now just from a quarterbacking perspective. I think Anthony Richardson gives you a little bit more as an athlete, but um, yeah, it, it's been awesome. And Nico has been great all season. You've seen other guys get involved. Uh, this week was the first week Dalton Schultz did anything. He had like 11 and a half points. Um, he, he barely missed our list here, but uh, yeah, it, it's fun to watch. And Damian Pierce is starting to figure it out. Yeah, gets called back for a touchdown. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, and then the tight ends: Cole Komet, twenty-four point one points; Mark Andrews, big week, twenty-two point five; and Kyle Pitts' teammate Johnny Smith of twelve point five. Yeah, that's that's the interesting one. I mean, Komet eight, and Andrews, eight you targets to see here, seven percent. It's not like oh, he probably got like a forty-yard touchdown, like a catch for a couple yards. Nope, eight targets, Great. seven Great volume, receptions, yeah. a lot of volume. I think his longest reception was like just under 20 yards. I was watching that game. Oh, because it was the morning game. That's why I was watching. I was like, why was I watching that Atlanta game? But that's why. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I thought I saw like, I saw like Buzz Lightyear was like cheering him on like that. Oh, that's right. Because it was on the Disney cast. So I couldn't watch the game. I'd on watch ESPN it on Plus. ESPN like a normal person. You should have just texted me to give you my login. <laughs> I, I was. And then I'm like, uh, I should probably do some laundry, which I <laughs> did not do. <laughs> yeah. And watch um, yeah, John Smith, I mean, he's kind of come out of no. Well, I don't want to say come out of nowhere because he used to be good. And then, you know, the Patriots had him and killed him for a little bit. But yeah, and someone said to that they're going back to like the Patriots, like bad contracts. I'm like, yes, that, that was a very bad contract for the Patriots, but he's not a bad player. He just didn't. It, it made no sense for our system at all. Yeah, it just never fit that tight end. I know everybody goes the, the Gronk and Hernandez thing, but like that's not really the system. The system when he was there, that tight end has always just been like, a blocker like Michael Humana Manui or like, mm-hmm. you know, these random guys that just fill in. So um, who knows? Farrow Cooper's killing it now, maybe. So well, what do I know? But uh, more importantly, the big guys, Komet and Andrews. I mean, Komet had a great game, two touchdowns, wide open, fields hit them, fields look better, look like they're on the same page. And then Mark Andrews getting on the same page with uh, Lamar Jackson for a change. He had a slow start to the season. So for you, Mark Andrews owners, you're happy to see this and and hopefully something going in the right direction because there's not a lot of people to catch the ball there in uh in in Baltimore right now. Odell's down, Rashad Bateman's down, Zay Flowers looks like he's uh potentially one of the better rookie wide receivers yeah. out of this class. He's, right he's now. just not getting the targets or the deep yeah. shots. So yep. So all he, Andrews. Yep. And Andrews is we we've seen we, the the red zone target for forever, and Lamar loves to look for him first, second, third. All right. Um, you can take the bottom feeding pieces of shit. Yes, the bust, bust of, of the week. week. Uh, quarterback Joe Burrow just continues to. He's struggle. on this list again. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be on this list for a while. I could have put a guy like um Pickett on here, but I decided that I don't expect as much out of Pickett as I expect out yeah. of Joe Burrow. So he got hurt. Seven like, points. Pickett got hurt. You got to give him some yep. kind of. That's true. That's, even like even like Mac Jones, he puts up a dud. I don't expect much out of Mac. So yeah, you're not starting to Mac in a one quarter league. You're starting yeah. Joe Burrow every week. Right. It's tough to put a guy like that on the list, but Joe Burrow, easy to put. Four point seven points, twenty of thirty passing for one hundred sixty five yards. Added three rushes for one total yard. So that's more or less he was running for his life and may, might have fell forward one out of three times. So um, 
you know, I don't want to put it all on him. He's not getting a lot of blocking. He's got the bad calf and he's still getting hammered back there. His team's not blocking well for him, but he's also missing throws. So as much as I want to make an excuse for him, when you watch Joe Burrow play, he is not the Joe Burrow of last year or the year before. He's missing open throws that we've seen him hit. So I do think it's partly the calf, but if that's the case, then he's got to sit and rest it. You you know, we can't Mm -hmm. do this forever. You have to get better or you have to figure out how to throw it. You just got paid your franchise. I mean, bad blocking or not, like look at Texans. They don't even have a starting lineman anymore. And Stroud is being able to do it. Right. And whether it's uh, play calling design, whatever it might be, you have to either get the ball out faster or you need some misdirection. So whatever it is, they got to figure it out down in Cincy because this this season has not gone as they expected it to so far. Uh, running backs, some bottom feeding running backs. Raheem Mostert, after coming off a humongous game, goes out and gives you four points on seven attempts for nine yards and five targets, three receptions, 36 yards. So you definitely played him after the explosion, uh, and then you got absolutely screwed by him, as Raheem Mostert loves to do. Um, honorable mention also Aaron Jones gets 1.9 points after coming back off of an injury, uh, five attempts, 18 yards, two targets, one reception for negative four yards. You might say, Oh, well, did AJ Dillon have a great game? No, he did not have a great game. No Mm -hmm. running back in green Bay is having great games. So, uh, very interesting to see what's unfolding with them. Formerly a power duo, the two of them now. Yeah. AJ Dillon, man, like we'll get to him on the hold field, but Five attempts, 18 yards. Like, you can't give someone just five attempts and, you know, be like, all right, he sucks. Like, yeah. he was coming back for, like, you, they were down early. That that team was so bad this week. All right. Go on to the wide receivers. Wide receivers. I just listed a ton of them. Ooh, because a lot of my all, guys. All, all guys <laughs> you expect to see play better that just aren't Brandon cooks, 4.7 points, Jacoby Myers, 4.3 points, Michael Pittman, four points, T Higgins, 2.9 points, Amari Cooper, 2.1 points, Elijah Moore, one point, Chris Olave, 0.9 points. These are guys that you expect in double digits every week. And I will give Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore the smallest amount of leeway because they didn't have their starting quarterback. But at the same time, I don't care because you still started at least Amari Cooper in almost every lineup. Elijah Moore, maybe was a flex play. Probably not. The rest of these guys are locked in starters every single week. You can't have us out of them. We need to come up with a sweet tagline for these guys. Like, you got to step it up. Step it up. <laughs> step up to the streets. Um, At tight end, the bottom feeding pieces of shit. Kyle Pitts, 3.1 points. He's going to be a staple of this list until he figures it out. Uh, Friar Muth did pick up the injury, so I feel bad putting him on here, but I had to do it. 2.2 points. And the guy who did not pick up an injury but has sucked all year, George Kittle, 1.4 points. Uh, Brock Purdy, I mean, he had one good game, so I shouldn't say all year, but the f- weeks one, two, and four have been bad for Kittle. He's only eclipsed double digits one time this year. That was week three. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy does not look like anybody else we've seen with George Kittle. Like, he does not look at him first, second, third. He looks at the wide receivers like a normal quarterback. Um, he's not Jimmy Garoppolo checking down to, to George Kittle every other play. So um, whether it's the quarterback himself, whether it's the play calling, I'm not sure, but Kittle is probably probably the highlight of this group. You expect him to be on the other side of you know, the, the, the absolute top dogs of the week. And he has not been there. Kyle Pitts. Similarly, you don't, you maybe don't expect it as much, but you hoped for it. And he just hasn't figured it out in Atlanta and Arthur Smith does not seem to be interested in figuring out with him. So he'd rather throw it to Johnu. Yeah, and a guy like 
Kittle, uh, a team that has CMC running so well, he's blocking. It makes so much sense for the team. And like we've said this plenty of times before, this is where you're going to go with Kittle every year. He's going to be on the bottom feeders and he's going to be on the top. Yeah. He'll he'll have a few big weeks to finish in the top five, but a lot of bad weeks that's going to lose you a lot of games. He's honestly like uh, like Gronk in that regard, where there's just some weeks where he wasn't really involved, and then you go yeah, watch like, the tape, and you're like, he blocked every single person. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. And then the playoffs, like, all right, I guess we'll use him now. <laughs> yeah, all right, we're saving him. He's yeah. going to block for 16 weeks, then we'll use him later. All right, let's get to it. The hold them, fold them. Let's go. Favorite part of the podcast. Favorite part of the pod. All right, I'll start with the first one. Delvin Cook, New York Jets running back. Fold, hard fold. Yeah, I wouldn't have held them this long, probably. Yeah, we didn't um, do this last week, so these guys have to do hold fold probably the year, anyways. Yeah, these guys are probably cut even last week. Um, but I think with Brees Hall, quote unquote, getting you know the handcuffs off and everything, even now it's like, all right, Cook wasn't doing anything when Hall was eased in. He's not going to do anything now. Right. And like you said earlier, Michael Carter is getting the third down work there. Yeah, he's the so third down back there now, which is if you're doing Brees Hall shows you. Car, like I would I would hold Michael Carter before I held Delvin Cook. Hot take of the week. I wouldn't hold either one, but if I had to pick yeah. gun to my head. Uh yeah. yeah uh, they're I'm both ready to fold him. Yep. All right. Uh Kadarius Tony slash I guess all Kansas City wide receivers. Um, yeah, it's tough. It, I mean, this is what we do every year, right? It's so hard to predict who's going to be the KC wide receiver that does anything valuable. Um, Kadarius Tony, I would fold. Sky Moore, I would fold. MVS, I would fold. I think the Rice, only, I would. <laughs> the only person I would keep is Rasheed Rice. And I don't want to do it, but I would keep him at the end of my bench for like one more week, only because of what he did coming out the gate. Um, really, it, what we're seeing is the tight ends. But, hold. I would hold. Like, out like the Justin gate, lots of Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey before yeah. Rasheed Rice. Well, like out of the gate was three for twenty nine, but he had the touchdown. Yeah, I think it's three points, eight points, four. Like, I think I'm folding all of them because, like you said, I, I don't want to play the guessing game. I have Tony. I think I kept him on my team for too long. Yeah. I'm never gonna play him until he breaks out, and then he breaks out. I play him the next week, and he's, you know, there's the, the decoy. You know, like yeah. I, I just. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I think your I think your only argument for all of these guys, and it plays the same for every single one of them, is that if you get into bye week trouble at wide receiver, they're your dart throw. You know yeah. what I mean? Your your own personal but dart like, throw. We, we just talked about about a guy like Jameson Williams uh, able to play. I'm dropping any one of these guys to pick that game to, to, to stash him. Hundo P. Um, Kenneth Gainwell. I'll let you go on this one. He's your boy. Okay. Um, I know I got him in a lot of leagues, but hey, it helped me out what one week, so I'll take it on the bench. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm crying again. These two guys. Um, probably fold. I mean, the only reason I would hold him is is Swift. You know, he, history of injuries. Um, game while still on the field, he's getting touches. But as long as Swift's healthy, Gainwell is just a backseat guy. Um, but he, if you have like a seven-person bench, I think I think I would definitely hold him. Still, a six-person bench is probably w- w- when I fold him. 
I think I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, seven person bench also means that your your waiver wire is twelve to fourteen players shorter. So depending on your league Pretty size, slim, yeah, yeah. So I would I would agree if you have a seven person bench, you can probably afford to keep him. Anything shorter than that, I would cut Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I would fold him. I just I don't see the upside, the value. If the yeah, gets so, hurt at that so, point, if so you're fab, yeah. took it over completely. Yeah. Like even when Gainwell came back, oh, it's probably going to be a split. You know, they split it with Swift and Boston Scott week two, but. It's just, yeah. Swift has seen such a an uptick in in. He looks so good. Not only snap count and uh and and carries, but yeah, he's just looked and he, like and, eye test great. And he's on third down. That yep. that was Gangwell's role c- coming back. And now if he's not doing that, it's they've. I mean, they've used him everywhere, even on the goal line when they're not doing tush pushes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's and again, that me. was Gangwell's area was the red zone, and now he's not even in there. Agreed. And, you know, one of these, the rich get richer type situations, the Eagles paid nothing for him. And here he is dominating. So, yeah, fold Gainwell. Here. All right. Joshua Kelly. I would fold him for two reasons. One, they're on a bye this week. And after that, they come back and they play Dallas, Kansas City. Um, I don't like the matchup, even if Eckler's not back by the Dallas game. I don't think he has a great game against Dallas's front. He's done nothing. He's also Since done nothing. X been back, been yeah. out. And then um, when they play KC, they're probably trailing. And to pile onto that, I expect Eckler to be back by the Dallas game anyways. Uh, and I'm not holding Josh Kelly while Eckler's back and healthy, ready to go. So, fold. All right, fold. Uh, AJ Dillon. I have to say hold because I just added him today. Um, oh, I, okay. I dropped Tony Jones for him. Well, yeah, you... oh, <laughs> I should... all right. it's a deeper league, so um, Good for you, I had, man. To, had, to, had to do it. Um, I think this probably goes back to your bench length uh, conversation. If you're on a shorter bench, I would not hold on to A.J. Dillon expecting him to return to that RB2 or, you know, low-end RB2 form. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't look like the, the Packers are set up that way right now, this year, whatever it might be. Um, I haven't watched enough Packer football to tell you other than the last Thursday night game in primetime, but it looked like they were just like, stop the run and make Jordan love beat you. Um, And Jordan love has been doing fine in that role. So maybe teams change up eventually and the running backs become more effective. If that's the case, you can add AJ Dillon back down the line. Um, If he has a big game, go and spend a a hearty amount of fab on him. But in the short term, I'd fold fold as well. Brandon cooks. I will hold Brandon cooks and I'll be wrong doing it. But wide receiver two in that offense with Dak, I eventually think that they get on the same page and they and they make some plays. He's doing what we've seen Brandon Cooks do for so long, though, which doesn't show up in the fantasy stat book or even in the football stat book, is he draws those long PIs and moves the chains for the Dallas Cowboys. He did it for the Patriots. He's done it for the Saints. did it for the Rams. And there's no fantasy stat for it, which sucks. But eventually he catches one of these and he takes a long touchdown in, in and he still got the speed. He's still showing that off left and right. So um, unfortunate that you didn't see him score more against a, a truly bad Patriots defense, especially in the secondary, you know, um, given the injuries and whatnot last week, you would have expected more. And I know you saw Michael Gallup play better. Um, and you know Cook's owners are sitting there going, why is it not Cook's? Why is it Gallup? But I think eventually him and Dak get on the same page. I'm not willing to sell Brandon Cooks yet, personally. Yeah. Um, hold for me. Cowboys have been up a lot in these games. They don't have to throw it. 
I want to see a game where they actually have to, I mean, the Cardinals game was a little different, but just one game where it's just a close game early. That way, you know, the passing game actually works. When you're up 20 points against the Patriots, you're not going to pass the ball a lot. So uh, we haven't seen, I think, what the Cowboys offense can actually do, to be honest, yet. So he's a hold. Yep, agreed. Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, hold. You say hold? Fold. Okay, okay. I'm like, yeah, um, big fold. God, yeah, it's been so fucking hoops, bad. Smoosher, uh, all set. I mean... Is that that's gonna be one of the worst contracts in the whole NFL? And, <laughs> yeah, and Jacoby's might have the same fucking contract. I was just gonna so say, good. I was just gonna say, we're gonna constantly compare him and Jacoby Myers because of who they are, where they came from, and what they got paid. Mm-hmm. And if you stack these guys up, Jacoby Myers has been far and away the better receiver. Um, now there are you know other things that go into this, just beyond just the receivers, quarterback play, it's offensive line play, yada yada, yada but. Purely wide receiver play. I mean, Jacoby by a landslide. Juju is not even worth rostering. Yeah, he's too slow. I, uh, to 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 extend that, no Patriots wide receiver is worth rostering at this point. I mean, Agreed. Kendrick Bourne had a huge week one. Um, I understand if people are holding him, waiting for that to happen again. I would say drop Kendrick Bourne as well. And I am the biggest Kendrick Bourne truther there is. Same as I've said about thirty times already. If he pops again, go ahead and add him back on your team. I don't expect that to happen. I don't think this Patriots offense is worth anything. Hunter Henry, I would I would keep playing. Yeah, I think that's the the only one. Yeah, even Ramondre. I mean, he has to be on rosters. You're never going to drop him, but he's a hard player right now. Yeah, he's like a flex play. Sad. Yep. All right, Kyle Armpits. I like the. (laughs) That's funny. Boom, roasted. Fold. Yeah, fold. Um, fold. I'm sick of waiting for him. You know, if he comes back and plays well, you go at him. But right now, Jonu Smith is embarrassing him on his own team. And it's been years of this. So I'm done. Kyle Pitts is just, he's just a streamer now. He's, he's a Jill Everett, Schultz, Doss Knox, like fine. Matchup dependent. Good matchup. Sure. Pick him up, play him. If not, God, I don't even know what a good matchup is for him. Like, He's just never. He's, he he's not ever... a. He's not a tight end, really. Like right. really exactly. And they, and they don't pass the ball that much. But on right. to Judd Smith. Yeah, on on nineteen attempts a game for Desmond Ritter. I don't. I'm not going to bank on Kyle Pitts getting eight of them, yeah. especially when eight are going to John. <laughs> <laughs> silly. Um, yeah, fold big time. Right. Uh, Baltimore backfield Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Yeah, I think you have to hold Gus Edwards for now. Um, he's the top guy there. He's just not producing a ton, and Lamar is vulturing his touchdowns left and right. Um, I think Lamar now has four or five rushing touchdowns. Well, to he Gus's had two one. last week, right? Yeah, he said he has two back. I think back to back games with two. Um, and it, it is what it is. You know, you get these rushing quarterbacks who steal touchdowns. It's it, you got to deal with it. Um, Gus Edwards is the the victim of it, but he is the guy that's getting the majority of the touches. Justice Hill had like three. Uh, attempts last week is just yeah. not enough to sustain him on your on your team. I would cut Justice Hill, um, Melv Gordon, uh, uh, Kenyon Drake. I would fold all those guys <laughs> yeah. if you're holding them. It's funny because Melvin Gordon, when he gets the ball, he's actually been playing pretty good. Yeah, I, mean, the, I saw like one run. He, he looked decent. You know, he doesn't look too washed up. Um, you would expect him maybe to fall into the end zone at some point, but I don't know that they that do have Keontae. Mitchell, 
Oh, yeah, he's coming back. Mitchell, he's yeah, this week, practicing so again. Gordon's probably back to the practice squad once he's back. Um, yeah, I think we'll I don't see, even though. know if they activated Drake this. They did two weeks ago. I don't think they activated him this week, but they did activate Is Drake on Gordon a team both weeks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Nah. Yeah, he was practice squad. They actually. Shit, you're him. right. He he actually had a yeah. couple catches. Oh shit, and he oh, lost. So he was he, so he lost a fumble. Okay, that's <laughs> all right. Yep. Okay, he's Keen Mitchell is definitely <laughs> up. Drake. Send, Drake back I see to practice it. squad. Yeah, Drake back to practice squad last week. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's like, thank you. You took my job. You fumbled <laughs> it away. Yeah, and Melvin Gordon's like, watch this next week. I'm gonna fumble it away myself. <laughs> watch this. Uh, but yeah, I think right. you cut everybody except Gus Edwards. Yep. All right, uh, a couple more segments. This might be a long one, but we haven't had a podcast in quite a bit. So buy low, sell high. Corey, yeah. you can go with your buy low. I am trying to buy low Rashad White everywhere that I can. Um, not only, well, he first of all, he's on a buy, so that helps you with your with your buy low. If somebody's in desperate need of just uh, anybody to start, they may be willing to part with a guy like Rashad White, who's only given you 59 18.8, which was a good game, but then 5.7 and then 9.3 points. Uh, he also stacks up when he comes back from the bye week against Detroit and Atlanta, who have not been favorable matchups against the run. However, the guys on the field anywhere from 70 to 80, sometimes 90% of the time, and he's still running the ball, not at the most effective clip, but I like to blame that on uh, the the subpar Tampa Bay Bucks offensive line. Um, but He's getting around 17, I guess, an average of 16 attempts a game on the ground. Eventually, things need to break his way, whether it's one big game or a couple ones that he strings together. Then you also add in that Mike Evans has now gone down with an injury, potentially for a couple weeks. They may be searching for additional offensive weapons. So if I can add Rashad White to my team, as whether it's a flex play or at a lower cost, then typically you're going to see him go for. I would be ecstatic to do so. Love me some white. Yeah, it's a, it's a good buy low. Uh, my buy low is Deontay Johnson. What a surprise. <laughs> um, mainly because he's, I mean, he's still on the IR. He's not coming back. Um, he'll miss this week. And then the week after that, they have a buy. So I think even at that point, people that have him on their bench with bye weeks coming, it's like, shit, I, I can't hold this guy. Like, you can't drop him, but it's like, you can't really hold him. Um, for two two more weeks, um, I'm telling you to hold him because what we've seen out of Pittsburgh has been pretty abysmal in the wide receiver range. I mean, Pickens has had that one big play week two. Um, he's been decent, but like Allen Robinson, um, Kevin Austin, anyone else really hasn't put together too much other than like one or two catches, but. I think when you get Deontay back, I mean, Matt Canada sucks in OC. As long as he's there, Deontay Johnson's going to get peppered targets because he l- loves the guy. Um, so I just think people are, are are down on Pittsburgh. This guy's out two more weeks. You might be able to trade, I mean, Gus Edwards for him or something like that. Like, I, I hey, here's a starting flex guy. You get a bye week. I'll, I'll take this guy on your bench that's out for two weeks. Call even. No. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's my take. That's definitely, that's <laughs> definitely well within the the realm of of possibility. I mean, people were down on Deontay Johnson coming into the season and getting hurt and going on IIR definitely Did only not. pushed him down further. So, mm-hmm. um, hey, give it a give it a go. Worst case is they say no. Yep. Um, all right, sell high. 
this will be a controversial one. It was already controversial in our group chat today. Uh, I am selling Puka Nakua as soon as I possibly can. Um, this The moment that news breaks that Cooper Cup is coming back officially, Puka's value is going to plummet. Now, how far down it plummets is what really causes most of the controversy among your your, your friend group there. But um, whether you think it's going to be he has a smaller role or he has no role whatsoever, everybody's in agreement that he's looking at a reduced role. You can't possibly expect Matt Stafford to throw the ball 20 times to Cooper Cup and 20 times to Puka Nakua. And simultaneously, nobody in their right mind thinks that Puka is taking over for Cooper Cup. There's no world in which Puka gets 20 targets while Cooper gets five. So um, he's been great. I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean any of this to take anything away from him. I just mean that in redraft fantasy football, which is what we're doing here for sell highs. We're, we're, we're very rarely talking about dynasty in this instance. If it's dynasty, you hold Puka. He's young. He's great. Blah, blah, blah. Redraft. This is where you capitalize. You sell an asset who has been a top tier wide receiver all season long consistently and you sell him now for as much as you can possibly get. You're, the value on him is never going to be higher. Next week, let's assume that we're right, and Cooper doesn't play this week, but he plays next week. Next week, his value tanks. You'll never get where you're going to get right now. And if Cooper goes out and gives you a 20-point game while Puka gives you five, he's never going to have that value again. If people are going to go, well, that's that's what they're looking for. That's what the Rams are looking to do. And whether that's true or not, it only takes one game to drive that narrative. So sell him now milk it for all it's worth you could probably get a wide receiver 10 and a rb 15 for a guy like him right now because he's so he's really dominating the league so hot right now so, um so yeah i mean I, yeah i'm in the camp where i think he's definitely still has value and cup is back but even going from wide receiver five which is now to wide receiver 16 to 20 range that's still a big plummet like that's still big. Like I'm not selling him right now. Viewing him as a wide receiver 19. I'm selling him. Okay. He's the wide receiver five. He's the wide receiver one in fantasy. I want, you know, appropriate pieces back. And it, if you can do it for like what you said, like a, you know, yeah, I can R- fill two RB two and, and, and Amari Cooper is like, like, sure. Like, that's probably probably fair. Um, but like there are people but, that I would be still. I would take Nico Collins, who I think you could easily get plus an R, R like a higher end RB. Like that would get me. So Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver twelve plus a smaller running back piece. Like you could get that done to the right person. Yeah, but don't sell him like his base. Like he's a back end. What like like don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think some people are already know that cups c- coming back so the w- window might even be smaller but he's he's coming off a, a massive game I, th- I still think he's gonna be fine but Dallas said if you can sell him as a water through one right now you you probably should if i could get my which sucks because like you you hit you hit yeah. in that fucking oh guy. yeah like yeah you smash it, it. good it's for hard you. to sell these guys but capitalize like unless you really need him like you drafted i don't know Wide receivers that suck. I can't think of two wide receivers that you drafted high that suck right now. But like, unless you really, really need to play them, then play them. But if you have him just as like a bonus asset in your flex spot, yeah, like you're definitely loving that he's your flex play at wide receiver right now. You know you're going to love even more DK Metcalf and Isaiah Pacheco filling bye weeks for you or two flexes. 
You know what I mean? Even just one for one, Travis Etienne. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think I think both sides would be happy with that. It's and so the, much easier too to go wide receiver for running back than it is to go posi- like same position because you're like, well, why would I downgrade and then add a p? Like it's trickier that way. I think flipping positions for a specific need for a team is easier. But and this is why in the leagues in dynasty, I'm trying to tank and I'm. W- Winning because I had to start him because the whole Max PF thing. Huh. He's, he's doing. T- I have him and Nico. I'm like, fuck you. Come on, guys, stop. Yeah, they're he's combining like, for like, fifty or sixty <laughs> points a week. I mean, last week it was like seventy, but yeah, it's just insane. <laughs> um, my sell high is Justin Fields. Um, I mean, he was probably on the the whole fold last week if we had a podcast. Um, massive game, twenty eight point nine points. He played Denver, though. I mean, I think Zach Wilson plays Denver this week, and I'm looking at Zach Wilson like, yeah, I mean, there's a week to start Zach Wilson against Denver. D- Denver's defense is horrific. They just let go of uh, Randy Gregory. Um, like it just, it's just depleting, and I mean, he did look good. I'll give him that, but I just don't see this being, oh, he's back. Like, you still watch him play down the stretch. A lot of... M- mistakes he lost that game for them but um i i just don't see him being a quarterback one going forward if you can sell him as so do it because i mean the first three weeks 15 16 11 that's gonna be more of what he's gonna give you more often than the 25 plus point game so uh sell him for i don't know pick a guy yeah, anybody. Uh, I, mean, I would I would sell him for for very little. Um, I mean, there, you, there's probably a world where you could sell him for a guy who's ranked higher at quarterback just based off that last week. Somebody somebody that's a Justin Fields truther that goes, all right, he's back, he's got it going now. Kirk Cousins, and then you, yeah, oh yeah, Kirk Cousins. I would do that deal right now. Mm-hmm. Boom. And then you look, you can also sell it on Fields' upcoming schedule. You go, well, he's playing Washington, Minnesota, Minnesota Las yeah. Vegas, the Chargers. That's not bad. You can probably score some points. Those defenses suck. The Chargers just sold J.C. Jackson. They got no cornerback. Like, the narrative's there. I just don't believe that he's going to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I hope he does. I like Justin Fields a lot. Those really, teams really still are not Denver that he yes. played last week. Like, nobody that's else a, that, This is how bad Denver is. Bad. Vikings right. are bad. Denver's bad. <laughs> yeah. Very like, bad. Very, very bad. So, yeah, I would definitely sell Justin Fields, um, which, unfortunately, I think I like Justin Fields. I'd like to see him do well. But you have to be realistic about where his performance is right now. Um, I definitely think he's sellworthy. Like you said, Kirk Cousins would be perfect. If you could get that deal done, boom, I'd pump it through. Kirk Cousins is going to be more consistently high performing or even more consistently closer to 20 points. Yeah, I think he's been nice. QB seven in the year. Nice. Yeah, he's, he's, he started hot. I think he was QB one for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, last week was bad. Or yeah, 28, 28, yeah, 11 will hurt you. But that'd be a solid deal. I like that. All right. Quit playing with my emotions. Last segment. Yeah. Um, I kind of touched on this a little bit before, uh, talking about Dallas. And it's kind of, I guess you could extend it to Dallas as a whole. And they've just fluctuated so much. And, and part of it is the matchups. Part of it's the game flow. Part of it's just a lack of performance. Like, I have CD Lamb on here specifically by name because he only gave you 12 points. And I know it, it's kind of ticky tack to complain about 12 points, but 
12 points out of CeeDee Lamb is less than you expect. I want to see him at 15, especially when you take into consideration what happened in the Patriots game, where not only did the Cowboys blow out the Patriots, they did so while Christian Gonzalez, the top cornerback for the Patriots, went down, and CeeDee Lamb found himself in single coverage with uh, Miles Bryant or Sean Wade or any number of other subpar cornerbacks all day long. And as soon as Gonzo went out, you saw Dak Prescott took the ball, threw it up high, let CD run a nine route and just beat Miles Bryant mercilessly, caught the easiest touchdown possibly of his entire career. So I wanted to see a lot more of that. Once I reconciled the fact that my Patriots team was going to lose miserably, I wanted to see CD Lamb score about a thousand points and he didn't get that. By extension, Dak Prescott didn't have a great game either. He's yet to go over 300 yards on the season. He's yet to throw for four touchdowns, I think. I'm kind of spitballing off the top of my head here, but I know he hasn't thrown for 400 yards. He's only thrown 40 passes one time. We've seen Dak Prescott have a lot of success when he throws over 40, 45. I don't know if he's ever hit 50 passes. Like, that's what I want to see out of the Cowboys. Unfortunately, the games they've won, they've won in a blowout. He threw the ball a lot against Arizona when they were working a comeback that didn't come to fruition. But for what everybody expected the Cowboys to do this year. And honestly, this happens, I think seemingly every year they've kind of fell short. So I want to see CD better. I want to see Dak better. I want to see Brandon cooks better. I want to see Michael Gallup suck because I traded him and he's (laughs) (laughs) finally starting to play football again. Um, Tony Pollard looks good. I'd say he's probably the saving grace of, you know, the Cowboys of performing. Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. Yep. Uh, Peyton Hendershoot or whatever his name is. All these guys. But I just want to see, I guess, maybe we just need to see a competitive game for the Cowboys so we can see what the offense actually is. But let's go. Let's. uh, We're five weeks into the season. I got to see it eventually. Yep. Jalen Waddle is my pick here. Um, Drafting him, I think it was like third round, I would say. Um, I thought that was a very safe pick. Like, sure, he's wide receiver two in his own team, but he's still a wide receiver one in fantasy. He's just been like not abysmal, but just so average. Nine point eight points, ten point four, missed a week, then six point six. And it's not like 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 his snap percentage is just down. Like seventy five is his highest in three games. That's not Jalen Waddle. That's just mind blowing to me, especially last week. Buffalo, they had to throw it and they still didn't throw to him. He is, has no more than six targets in any game, no more than four receptions. It's just getting to a point where I'm, I'm never going to sit the guy, but like, just give me that week. It's got to come soon. You got the Giants this week. They're probably going to be up a shitload. He's not going to get the ball again. So, um, but better days ahead. But for now, it's been losing me a lot of match. I like, I lost by four points last week. Waddle 6.6, that's likely the reason why. Like, he's – give me at least 10. I don't know. Yeah, you consistently saw him last season hovering around 80% snap share, uh, snap count, and typically more. Like, season one, he was even closer to, like, 90, but you, you don't understand when, you know, Tyreek Hill comes in, you see a small dip. There's no ex- explanation for why he's seen this dip this year. Like, I, I don't understand it, especially when the Dolphins are continuing to throw the ball as well as they are. So, so – um. Yeah. Quit playing with my emotions. Waddle. Why don't you waddle your way into the end zone? I knew something was coming. Yeah. Nice one. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. All right, Dows. You can take us out. 
yeah, so that'll wrap us up for uh, today's podcast. As always, follow us on topshelffantasy.com. Check out there for all of our waiver pickups, our start sits every week coming at you. Uh, follow us on all the social media at topshelffntsy. That's on Twitter or, you know, X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Instagram, we always have stuff going. Um, we're going to be pumping out a lot more content as the season goes on. Uh, as always, reach out to us with your questions for start sits as the morning comes along for football. We're always monitoring our X account, making sure that we can answer all your questions bright and early and helping you. Uh, and one shout out that we need to do more of is uh, the book burners. Make sure you follow our betting affiliate team who have been smashing it this year. I think uh, we haven't tallied up this week, but I know previous week we came in 18, four and one or something like 18, that. On the season. So, yep. 18, four and one. And I know they did, uh, uh, you know, added a few more wins to the to the pile or to the column this this week. So, um, if you're betting just based off what the book burners are giving you, you are looking at some positive units right now. So, uh, follow them, follow us. We're always posting their picks. Usually by at latest Sunday morning, we try to have them out early for you, so you can get your uh, picks in while the while the lines are still where they should be. Um, but yeah, that's really all I have. So, stay fluid, stay loose. <laughs>